I thank you that each one of us would be changed by your word tonight, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here to remind us of everything Jesus said. Thank you, your will be done tonight. Your will be done. We surrender to you. Have your way with us tonight. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. All right, welcome everybody. Good to see you all. You can take your seats. Welcome. All right, all the kids in the kids' room, the door is shut. They are in there, they are safe. And if you want to visit them, just visit them around the side. And if you do, if you're new here, you've got kids. The, the, the kids' room is for toilet trained kids, but if they're in nappies, you can be in there with them. And uh, just a reminder that there is another group coming in here after us tonight at 6.15, so we need to be out of the building before then. So, all right, just make a note of that. Love you to stay and, and fellowship, uh, but just be mindful we've got to be out by 6.15. All right. All right. <clears throat> How is everyone? We good? Great. All right, so I'm going to be reading from uh, Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42 tonight. And um, it's always an honour to bring the word, so I want to honour Pastor Tony and Pastor Abs and their families uh, for, for what they, they've built and what they're building here through the grace of Jesus Christ. Uh, can we give it up for our pastors? Amen. So, the message is called The Only Thing You Need. So this is a big message, right? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you the only thing you need in your life. <laughs> Are you ready? All right, good. I'll keep it simple. Jesus, yellow. See you later, everyone. <laughs> Jesus and the footy. <laughs> All right, so Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. <clears throat> Later on, we hear Mary appears a couple of other times. This isn't Mary, the mother of Jesus. This is Mary of Bethany. And in one of those encounters, when she washes Jesus' feet with her own hair, Jesus says, wherever this gospel 
will be preached. This woman will be remembered. Mary was great in the sight of God. And he said she would be remembered. And here we are, 2,022 years later, still talking about Mary. She was great in the sight of God. Who wants to be great in the sight of God? Not in the sight of man, but in the sight of God. So I'm going to give you the key to Mary's greatness tonight. <clears throat> and it's interesting that another uh, occasion where Mary appears is when her brother Lazarus is raised from the dead. We all know that story, right? And I'm going to share, share it a little later on. But Jesus comes, Lazarus has been dead for four days, and he raises him from the dead. An amazing, exciting, dramatic moment in the Bible. Right? Here, the one I just read, not very dramatic. Not very big. Not a very exciting moment in their lives. They're just making, I mean, sure, Jesus is there, but they're just making dinner. You've got Mary, you've got Martha in the kitchen preparing. You've got Mary sitting there with Jesus and Martha starts to complain. Why don't you help me? She's doing all the work. How come I'm in here alone? It's a very ordinary moment compared to the raising of Lazarus. And that's the point that I want to make, make here tonight that it's not necessarily those big moments like the raising of the dead where your character is formed. It's in the little moments, in the day-to-day, -day, in the ordinary things of life, in the preparation of dinner, in the going to work, in the encounters with people. It's in those day-to-day -day moments, those ordinary moments, that our character is forged. The big moments reveal what's in us. The big moments reveal what's been happening with our character in the day to day. And sure, those big moments can also add to our character, but there's only, there aren't that many of those big moments in our lives. So our character is formed in the ordinary, the day to day. So what's, what's the difference between Mary and Martha? So we're talking about the ordinary things, the day-to-day -day stuff in life. And Martha is swept up in it. She's busy. She's, she's got no time. She's on and it's like she's just been taken by the current. She's just been swept with whatever's happening in her day-to-day. -day. And we look at Mary, and she's the complete opposite. It's like she's not being just pulled away, pulled along by the current. She's got her feet planted on the ground. She has decided she's going to sit at Jesus' feet and listen to him, no matter what's going on in the ordinary day-to-day. -day. No matter what else has to be done or needs to be done, she has decided she's going to give Jesus her focus. 
<clears throat> she finds that focused attention to give to Jesus. In spite of everything going on, she sits and she listens. And she does it in the mundane. She does it in the ordinary. She does it in the day-to-day. She doesn't do it in those big crisis moments. I'm sure she does it then too. But she doesn't only do it then. She does it every day. And that is what makes her great. That's what makes her great. It's easy to go and sit at Jesus' feet when life's falling apart. It's in the day-to-day, in the ordinariness of life, when your character's formed, when you grow, and where you become great in the sight of God. So, if we're like Mary, we become great too. And if we're like Martha, then we remain ordinary. Do we get that? Like Mary, Mary's life is an invitation to greatness. And Martha's, which we're probably all very familiar with, is an invitation to a very ordinary life. So Mary is great because she sits at Jesus' feet. So what does it mean to fit to sit at Jesus' feet? So let's look at Mary and Martha and the results of their life to kind of understand what it means to sit at Jesus' feet. And this is the thing. Jesus doesn't say, um, you know, I've called you to go and conquer this land. He says, come and sit at my feet in day to day. Sure, he calls you to, to missions and that type of thing. But he, his first call and his continual call is to come sit at his feet. So what do we learn about Martha? First of all, she's someone Jesus loves. Right? The, the love Jesus had for this family, he talks about it in the Bible and it's very clear. He loved Mary, Martha and Lazarus. There's no doubt about it. In verse 38, it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. So they were on their way, Jesus and his disciples, but he, it's like he came away to visit Mary Mary and Martha to show us the love he had for them. So he, he went out of his way to visit them. Actually, just before this scripture, the disciples say, Jesus, are you sure you want to go there? You, you'll get killed if you go there. So to show you how much he loves them, and we know he's willing to die for all of us, but he was willing to die for Martha that day when he decided to go and visit them. We also know he loves her by the way he addresses her. And he says, when he tells her, Martha, you're worried about... He doesn't just say Martha. 
You're worried and upset about many things. He says, Martha, Martha. He repeats it. And everywhere in the Bible, wherever a name is repeated, it's an expression of deep care and concern and love. Nowhere else did Jesus repeat it, repeat a name, whether a person's name or a place name like Jerusalem, where he wasn't weeping. When he calls out, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, oh, how I've wanted to gather you under my wings as a bird does to its chicks, he's weeping. When he's on the cross saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He's weeping. And here he is saying, Martha, Martha, with such love for her, such care and compassion for her. <clears throat> so he loves her. The second thing is, she's a, she's a leader. <laughs> we see Martha time and time again try and take charge of the situation. At the tomb, Jesus is coming to raise Lazarus from the dead. And she's like, oh, hang on. He's been in there four days. He's going to stink. Like you think of the type of personality that is going to interrupt Jesus and say, uh, Lord, hang on a sec. It's going to stink. She's the, she, you know, she's the practical one. She's the one making the preparations. She's the one going out there, making it happen. She's the impatient one. She goes and meets Jesus before he arrives in the village. She wants to control things. And even look at verse 38. It says, where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. This was her home. It wasn't Mary's home. It was Martha's home. It's not Lazarus's home, it's Martha's home. She's the one in control of the finances. She's the one who got the mortgage. She's the one who made it happen. Martha's the leader. She's the one who's figured it out. So she's a leader. And then thirdly, she's very, very busy. And she's not only busy, but she's busy serving Jesus. And that word serving, it can mean to prepare food, but in the Greek it's diakone, like ministering. And so she's ministering to Jesus. And the Bible says she is distracted by much serving. And distracted in the Greek means drawn away, driven about mentally, over-occupied, too busy. So she's serving Jesus, but she's drawn away, she's distracted, she's driven about mentally, she's over-occupied and she's too busy while she's serving Jesus. And she's serving him, but it's robbed her of her time with him. And she's serving him 
and he rebukes her. He rebukes her. Mary is the one sitting at his feet, not serving him, just listening. And Martha's the one serving, and she gets the rebuke. Why? Because of the condition her heart's in, because she's not doing what Mary's doing. That's why Jesus rebukes her. <clears throat> so what are the signs of being Martha? First of all, you've got like a disharmony on the inside or an inner turmoil. Can anyone relate? Verse 41. We said it. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. You are worried and upset about many things. The word worried actually means to be torn into pieces in many directions. And the word upset means to be tossed, tossed along like a capsized boat in the ocean. Jesus is saying, Martha, this is you. You are just being tossed around. You are out of control. You think you're in control, but you're actually being tossed around by the waves. And here's what's, here's what's going on. I, I need uh, AJ and Matt to come forward. Just one of you stand on either side. Ah, the thieves, no. <laughs> that's you, you get one so Jesus you're Mary and Mary is just focused on Jesus giving Jesus her time Martha over here has Jesus but has many other things All right. <laughs> Just in case. The rules are you're not allowed to hold them from the end. Okay. So many other things. Not a few, but many. Oh. What's going on? I can't hold from the end. <laughs> Can she really serve Jesus? Can she really even spend time with Jesus? When she She's dropped a couple of things already. But how can she live like that? She's, she can't walk. She's busy. She's worried about all these things. She's got to try and control them all. She's got to manage them all. She's got to protect them all. She's got to give time to all of them. 
Whereas Mary over here, looking pretty solid. Can you please give my son that balloon? He's yelling out for it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. So it's like Jesus is... Martha is serving Jesus and it's like Jesus is saying to Martha, I didn't give you all that. All I want you to do is sit at my feet. And you've taken all this on thinking you're serving me. I didn't ask you to do that. It's clear Jesus wants her at his feet. He hasn't asked her to go and make preparations. She's decided to do it. And if she said, Lord, what would you have me do? He would say, well, do what Mary's doing. Come and sit at my feet. <clears throat> so, she wants, Martha wants a lot of things. There's a lot of things she's got to have. Jesus might be one of them. But there are lots of other things she has to have to be happy, to, be, to feel satisfied. And because she's got so many other things she's focused on, she can't actually have joy. Do we get that? So the difference, it's like Jesus is saying to Martha, Martha, the difference between you and Mary is Mary only needs one thing, and she's right. You need all these other things, and that's why she gets the rebuke from Jesus. <clears throat> you need all these things, and you're always unhappy because you've decided you need them. Jesus didn't give them. You need them. You have to have them. The other thing about Martha is she's, she's irritated to the point where she starts ordering Jesus around. <laughs> Why don't you tell Mary to come in here and help me, Lord? Who <laughs> we see? She's so irritated, she's ordering her guest around. She's mad at God. She's actually mad at him. Because all these things she's doing aren't necessarily working out the way she liked. And she's trying to control God as well. And really, like I said before, she wasn't serving Jesus. She was actually serving something inside of herself. Because if she was serving Jesus, she wouldn't be doing that because Jesus didn't want her to do that. She'd say, Lord, this is for the Lord's glory. I'm, I'm doing this for the glory of God. But really, the glory of God was for herself. It was to fulfill something in herself, not for God's glory. God is, Jesus is a good manager of time. So he'll never give you more 
than he thinks you should have. So he won't give you 10 things if he thinks you should only have three. We often take those on to ourselves and try and juggle them. And we see it tears Martha apart, tossed around like a boat in the waves. And so rather than being mad at Jesus, she should be mad at herself. But let's look at Mary to contrast against Martha. She gets at Jesus' feet. And it's funny, every time we encounter Mary in the Bible, when at the tomb, it says she fell at Jesus' feet. At dinner, she's at his feet. Another dinner, she comes with the perfume straight to his feet. It's amazing. Like everywhere you hear about her, she is in one place, and that is at Jesus' feet. And what's it say? She's at his feet listening. So what does it mean to sit at his feet? Sure, it means to physically get down before his feet, but it means so much more. So when the Bible talks about sitting at someone's feet, it signifies authority. Yeah? So in the New Testament where they say they sold all their possessions and they brought them to the apostles' feet. It was like they were bringing what they had under the authority of the apostles. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. To be under feet means to be under authority. So she's not just listening to Jesus, she's at his feet. She's under his authority. She's submitted to his authority. He's submitted to the word. She's not just listening to it. She's a doer of the word. Not just listening, listening and submitting to it. It's one thing to listen. You can listen all day long without submitting. But what made Mary great was she listened and she was under the authority of Jesus. She submitted to the word. Listening won't change you. I mean, not to discount listening, it's great to listen to the word of God. But the change occurs when you submit yourself to it. Do we get that? Amen. So it's not just time, it's submissive time. So, in John chapter 12, Mary anoints Jesus' feet with perfume. And um, Judas says, oh, why is, she, why is she putting all this perfume? She's just waste. It's just waste. And Jesus replies and he says, do not bother her. She's preparing me for burial. And what he's saying is, Mary knew that he was going to die. She was preparing him for burial. And the amazing thing about that is, the night before, or throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the disciples, his, the people closest to Jesus, don't even know that he's going to die. 
the night before the crucifixion, they don't even know. And then when he does die, they fall apart because they weren't expecting him to die. Yet Mary is preparing him for burial. And it's like she knew because she'd been sitting at his feet. It's like the Holy Spirit had revealed what was going to happen because she was sitting at his feet. Now, I want to go to John chapter 11, verse 17 to 48. And then I want to show you some, some revelations from here. They're, they're pretty amazing. So it's a long scripture, but we'll read it. So go with me, all right? So when Jesus came, he found... This is the scene at Lazarus is dead now. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb for four days. This is Lazarus. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles away, and many of the Jews had joined the woman around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask... Of God, God will give you. And Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. And Martha said, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection of the life and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asks Martha. She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went away and secretly came to Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. As soon as she heard that, she, being Mary, arose quickly and came to Jesus. Now Jesus had not yet come into the town but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, followed her, saying, She is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet again, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came back to the tomb it was a cave, it said, take away the stone. And then Martha jumps in. She says, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he's been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not tell, say to you 
that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place and we know Lazarus, Jesus caused Lazarus out. Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me and I know that you always hear me, but because the people who were standing by us said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Then many of the Jews came to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. And anyway, then they, there's a plot to kill Jesus. First thing I, I want to highlight, the word Martha, and Rabs has spoken about this before, in the Greek actually means rebellion. So she's, she can't sit at Jesus' feet because she's rebellious. So <clears throat> look at verse 27. Actually, verse 24. Martha comes to Jesus and she says, oh, sorry, yeah, verse 27. She says to Jesus, he said, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who is come into the world. That is a big statement that Martha is saying to Jesus. She's saying, you are the Christ, you are Lord, you are Christ, you are the Son of God who's come into the world. Right? And then the next verse and when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, not the Christ, not the Lord, not the Son of God, but the teacher has come and is calling for you. Lord, you're Christ. You're the King. You are God. You are the Son of God. The teacher's here. Go and see him. He was Lord on the outside. He wasn't Lord on the inside. He was just a teacher. He wasn't Lord. Matthew 15 verse 8 says, Jesus says, These people honour me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. In vain means without results and without success. She worships him on the outside, in public, but on the inside, there's nothing. Mary, on the other hand, at his feet, Lord, dives to his feet because she spends that time with him and he really is Lord of her heart. <clears throat> because, now verse 24, she says, Jesus says to her, um, your brother's going to rise. 
And she says in verse 24, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Like, I know eventually he'll be raised up with everyone else. Jesus has come and he's like, your brother will rise. That's what I'm here to do. And she's like, I know he'll rise. Like, she, she, it's not even crossed her mind that Jesus is going to raise him right there and then. She just lacks the faith to believe that Jesus could raise him right there and then. Why? Because he wasn't Lord on the inside, she lacked the faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word about Christ, the word of Christ. And that comes by hearing, like Mary, listening at his feet. I believe Mary knew Jesus was coming to raise Lazarus from the dead. Martha didn't. Mary says the exact same thing to Jesus. Lord, if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. But it's coming from a completely different place. It's coming from a place of faith rather than accusing God. It's coming from a place of submission. Not criticism, not doubting God. <clears throat> and this is this is amazing. Verse if we go to verse thirty one. No. Verse 28. And when she had said these things, Martha was talking, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, the teacher has come and he's calling for you. It's like Jesus turned up, but he wants Mary. He's like, Martha, she's just shown... What she truly believes, he's, he's tried to tell her, like, I'm here to raise him from the dead. And she, all he could find was doubt. And he's like, can you go and call Mary? It's like, God, Jesus has called Mary. Go and call her. He calls those who sit at his feet. He's attracted to those who sit at his feet. He wants, he comes, he wants to spend time with those at his feet. <clears throat> he calls for her. And this is the amazing thing. I was, I was reading this. And she fell at his feet. This is verse 32. Then... When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Then, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, when Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews who were with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. He wasn't very troubled by Martha's approach earlier. He wasn't. 
It was only when he met Mary and saw her weeping that he was moved. Now, that's not to doubt his love for Lazarus at all. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? I actually think that should have been, see how he loves her. See how he loves Mary. As it says, when he saw her, he called for her. He saw her crying. And they're saying, oh, see how much he loves Lazarus? No, see how much he loves Mary. Of course he loves Lazarus too. But he was moved by Mary's weeping. And this is another powerful one in verse 45. Just to show you the fruit of someone who sits at Jesus' feet. After Lazarus comes out, grave clothes on his face and was wrapped with the cloth, Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Next verse, verse 45. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did, believed in him. The Jews had come to Mary. They didn't come to Mary and Martha. They came to Mary. And by coming to Mary, they saw what Jesus did and it says they believed in him. There was something about Mary. There was something about the spirit that Mary carried. There was something about Mary that the Jews came. They didn't come to Mary and Martha. They came to Mary. And when it says, when they, it's like they came to Mary and saw what Jesus did. And they believed. And that's the fruit of a true believer. People come to you, see what Jesus did, and believe. But they come to you. I don't think there were many going to Martha saying, believing in Christ because of Martha. They came and believed because of Mary, because of her character, because of her heart, because of she shone the light of Christ. And it says they came to Christ through Mary. <clears throat> and this is the last point. If we go to John chapter 12, this is another reason why Mary is, was great. Verse 12 to... Sorry, chapter 12, verse 1 to... Six. Six days before the Passover feast, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Lazarus was the one Jesus raised from the dead. A dinner was given at Bethany to honor Jesus. Martha served the food. Again, Martha's in the kitchen. <laughs> Lazarus was among the people at the table with Jesus. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard. It was an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped them with her hair. The house was filled with the sweet smell of perfume. But Judas didn't like what Mary did. He was one of Jesus' disciples. Later, he was going to hand Jesus over to his enemies. Judas said, 
Why wasn't this perfume sold? Why wasn't it given to the poor? It was worth a year's pay. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor. He said it because he was a thief. Judas was in charge of the money bag he used to help himself to what was in it. Who was speaking through Judas in that moment? Satan. He says he's the thief. Satan comes to kill, steal and destroy. He's the enemy. And I find it fascinating that again, Mary is at his feet and because she's at his feet, the enemy's exposed. She's able to discern the voice of the enemy because she's at his feet. It's no coincidence that the enemy is speaking while she's at his feet. And that's how her character is formed. Because she's at his feet, the other guy gets exposed and she's able to deal with it. Jesus helps her deal with him in the moment. Jesus silences him while Mary is at his feet. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. Now, I'll end with this because Rav and I were talking about this just a couple of days ago. And it shows the power of fellowships. So many times we're, we're talking and the Holy Spirit comes and just adds a gem. And Rabs was saying, Do you, did you realize how there were two aromas? There's a stench at the tomb and there's the perfume of Mary at Jesus' feet. And the Holy Spirit showed Rabs that at the tomb, Martha, when she, Martha is the one saying, Lord, there's a stench. It's because her lack of faith, the flesh, the unbelief, thinks. And Mary, at Jesus' feet, there's a glorious perfume smell, faith, truth, love. Do you see the difference? Two smells, two aromas. Flesh stinks, spirit, beautiful, an aroma at Jesus' feet. Amen? Let's pray. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you are our provider. But that not everything that comes our way is from you. And I thank you for everyone who's worried and troubled and anxious 
because of the many things they're busy with. Thank you, you'd reveal what's from you and what isn't. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You help discern what's from God and what isn't. Now, thank you for your peace. That surpasses all understanding to guard their hearts and mind in Christ. Thank you for a release from turmoil, anxiety, worry, fear. Thank you that you are the answer, Jesus. Your feet are the answer. The wounds in your feet. Oh, what sets us free? Thank you for hearts submitting to you afresh tonight. Thank you would be found at your feet. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Well, it's a few minutes to six, so I don't think we'll open up the altar for prayer because we've got to be out of the building. But God bless you all. Have a great week, and we'll see you on Wednesday.